Good morning. Lovely to have you all here on this glorious morning. I feel like Benick's already cast her spell. It's so calm and peaceful in here. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment just to thank um, Benick Moje for coming again. Isabel was just sharing. She still remembers her talk from last year and how beautiful it was, how calming. And I think now more than ever, it's so vital for us to understand the workings of our, of our inner landscape, um, how to negotiate these times. So it's just wonderful to have Benick here again, Jungian psychotherapist, author of three books, um, and her wonderful audio series. If you haven't uh, heard them, please do look at them. They're amazing work. So without further ado, Benny Roger, thank you. Hello, and thank you very much, Joanne, for the lovely introduction. Um, well, good morning, everyone. I um, never, you know, I've been doing this work for a long time, and I always get so desperately nervous. And I always think that's a good sign to get nervous because it just means that everything is hopefully flowing inside me. So, um, okay, so this subject, resilience, our resilient soul. How this started with me is I was in um, India and I went to a retreat there, a yoga retreat and meditation, and my room was called Titiksha, which means forbearance, Sanskrit. Um, and uh, there was a, um, a quote in, in the room uh, from the Bhagavad Gita, which said, the contacts between the senses and the sense objects are the causes of heat and cold, pleasure and pain. Being transient, learn to withstand them. Okay, so I felt such peace in that room. But while I was in, in India, what I learned from the yogis and the spiritual teachers was ways of being able to, I suppose, ride the tide of my emotions. Because, um, well, I'm a very emotional person. Um, learning to withstand uh, our emotions. And while I was over there, uh, being such a, a passionate and very emotional person, woman, I often find it, I get overwhelmed by my emotions and my feelings. And you're thinking, God, that's all there is. How will I get out of this? This is really, really difficult. And of course, the teachings of yoga are to bring you somehow um, to your center. And so there are... Um, techniques of breathing, um, of course, there's yoga itself, um, and uh, uh, just various ways in which you can bring yourself back to your center. So I thought about this, I worked on it, and when I came home, I decided to do a workshop on this, because especially, and then the COVID thing started. So especially at the moment, it's um, quite difficult for us to be able to uh, withstand our emotions. I mean, I think that the issue is this, because I'm a therapist and I know that um, there is no such thing as spiriting away emotional pain. We have to be able to be with ourselves and there's no such thing and it's not healthy to have what is called a spiritual bypass. I'll bypass my emotions and my physicality and I'll just go into um, uh, the idea of transcendence, okay, or the idea of being um, 
uh, outside of my body. Our bodies like ground us in our humanity. And for me, spirituality is actually our humanity, being okay with our humanity, being all right with our feelings. Um, but what this yoga um, teachings has helped me to understand is that the practices of the breath, such as connecting, sitting quietly, any of you who do yoga or meditation will know that it's about a period of stillness and coming in contact with your own breath. And when you do that, you then realize that you are there. You are there. You, I'm not identified totally with my body. I have a body, I have emotions, but I also have the divine presence within me, the spark of the divine within me, okay? So um, it's like a way of somehow not getting totally carried away. You see, the other thing I've learned is that it is actually our ego which causes pain. Because like now, I was in a bit of a state before I came in this morning. Now talk about resilience. You know, the universe and the divine gives me reason to talk about a certain thing because I'm going to have to have a tooth extraction. Anxiety, the whole lot. I'm thinking, right, okay, so I have to deal with this now and be resilient. What is resilience? Resilience is about um, believing in, in our ability to overcome um, uh, adversity um, and being able to overcome adversity and not being crushed by it. Um, and I find that uh, what helps me is to do some of these uh, yoga practices. The other thing is, as a therapist, I know that it's very important not to cut off from your feelings and not to um, get carried away uh, um, by a sense of, okay, now I, I, there's no spiriting away of emotional wounds. When I was doing my training in psychotherapy 30 years ago now, um, one of our lecturers was talking to us about how a lot of his clients, we called them patients in those days, uh, would, what they wanted was, you know, for the therapist to say, all gone, nasty mummy and daddy, all gone, bad feelings, it's all gone, don't worry about it. But it doesn't work like that, you see, because we actually have to engage with the process. What does that mean, engaging with the process? It's engaging with the process of our uh, emotional wounds. Our, con our consciousness is changed when we go down into our bodies and experience what our body feels and what our emotions feel. So it's not a thing that you can say to yourself, you could, I know this and that's it. Because healing is not a matter of will. It's about the heart. It's about opening. It's about humanity. For me, this morning coming in, in my state of slight agitation about this tooth issue, seeing lovely, friendly faces, that changed everything for me, you know, because we're all together, and we're all together in this pandemic thing, which is actually, um, even though it's horrific for so many people, but it's bringing us together in some other ways. It's teaching us something about the planet. It's teaching us about our own humanity. It's teaching us that we're not in control here. 
and that there is a greater plan somewhere, and that, okay, maybe we've gone wrong, um, and certainly we have, uh, by the state of the uh, planet and everything else, um, the climate, uh, all of that. And in fact, as you know, when there was lockdown, the ozone layer was healed. So the planet is healing itself, and it's bringing up all sorts of things to the surface to be healed, and that includes us, or us personally, individually. A lot of people I've spoken to have all sorts of symptoms, physical symptoms. And for me, my body is my barometer. It's what tells me what's going wrong, um, or what I need to change, what I need to actually work with. Um, so, uh, what, what I want to try and do is bring together the two things so that, yes, we have to learn to ride the tide of our emotions, if you like, but we also need to know uh, about how um, actually being in ourselves and going with our pain, if you like, or with our suffering, and actually, uh, because it brings us to other people. There's a beautiful quote I uh, I came across the other day when I was thinking about this uh, from one of my favorite um, people in the world, although I never met him, obviously, Oscar Wilde, when he says, you know, he spent two years in, um, in Reading Jail and suffered greatly. His spirit was broken in many ways, and he died not long after. But he, he said, my desire to live is as intense as ever. And even though my heart is broken, Hearts are made to be broken. That is why God sends sorrow into the world. To me, suffering seems a sacramental thing. That makes those whom it touches holy. Any materialism in life coarsens the soul. And what has this pandemic done? It has brought a new side of humanity that's trying to come through. Suffering is a pathway to great humility and spiritual insight. So there's, there, there is meaning in suffering. And I suppose the forbearance and the resilience for me is about knowing that and anchoring ourselves in that. And that there is a greater plan at work. And we're part of it. And we need to trust that if we can. Now that is hard. It's hard. It's hard in the time of adversity. It's hard when things seem to go wrong. But sometimes what I've noticed in my own life is if you surrender, actually things just move on, if you see what I mean. Um, again, in my training uh, years ago, uh, this is, uh, is, would be boring for anybody who... I'm not going to be theoretical, but basically... Um, the, one of the um, psychoanalysts that we uh, studied was Melanie Klein. And Melanie Klein talked about the paranoid schizoid position or the depressive position. Now, if you're in the depressive position, you're actually healthy. Why? Because it means that you have the ability to live with good and bad, to let good and bad coexist together, to let... Um, the light side and the dark side live together. You can handle it. You can know that bad things happen, but good things also happen, if you see what I'm saying. Whereas the paranoid schizoid position is one where you, you have to cut off. 
you're cut off and you're split. Um, anyway, I found her that expression of the depressive position, because we think of depression as being a negative thing, and indeed sometimes it can be. Um, but if we engage consciously with what the symptoms or the illness is telling us, that's the work, you see. Because de depression often is a call up to the dark night of the soul. I've given talks about this before. Um, and now in, it, 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 we are being tested at the moment because this thing is going on for a long time and we think we're out of it and when will I see my friends? And for me, the big thing is my grandchildren. I can't travel and, you know, I feel trapped. And so we are really being called on to be very resilient, aren't we? Um, there's nothing much we can, else we can do. Um, so what are the things then that... Uh, because. I just, I'll speak for about another 15 minutes, but then I'd like to engage. I think, are they allowed to ask questions just from the, okay, are they? Are you allowed to ask questions? Um, yeah, uh, what was I saying there about before I came about the questions? Uh, hmm, sorry? Yes, 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 that's right. And how we've been, uh, you know, we've been called on to be more resilient than ever at the moment. What are the things that help us through this? And how can we evolve through the situation? And what makes us resilient? Develop, in my eyes, there's several things. The first one is um, ha having a, a, a belief, a self-belief, a belief in yourself that you are walking on a path and that there is meaning in this path and having um, a good sense of that rather than being crushed. So self-belief is one thing. But also what I found is um, helping others. And what is this pandemic is really throwing that up, people coming together to help each other. Um, I had somebody uh, for years, and I know this other therapists have talked about this before, you know, coming in, for years, uh, talking and talking and complaining and whatever else, but going on and on and on, until one day uh, he said, listen, I'm sick of myself. I'm going to go out and help people. And he was never so happy in his life because he was out there forgetting about himself and helping others. That truly does work. It truly does work. There's also a, a really funny film um, called TikTok. Has anyone seen it? It's a Spanish film. And in there, it's very, very funny, uh, there are six patients of a psychiatrist with different um, issues. Uh, obsessive compulsive, um, uh, Tourette's, all sorts of things. And they go and see the psychiatrist. Anyway, the funny thing about this film is, it's on Netflix, the funny thing about it is that when they start, the doctor is held up, he's late, but it turns out to be a ploy. So they all have to help each other. And it turns out that when they start helping each other, they forget their symptoms. The symptoms are gone. They're cured. <laughs> it's very, very funny. So it just shows you in a way that part of these, let's say, divine qualities that we need to, um, or that we are, um, 
um, developing is, is th this opening of the heart, this compassion, this helping each other. Do any of you know uh, the mystic or the teacher Pema Chodron? Yes, well, she talks about, you know, smiling in the face of fear. And also, uh, um, you know, having compassion all the time because there's very little else we can do. And I know of no better way to get through this pandemic than to put into practice the spiritual teachings that we know or that we've learned, such as opening the heart, compassion, being there for each other, belief in ourselves, knowing there is a greater plan in some shape or form. And we're, we're being called on to be extra resilient and not to crumble. Um, I came across as, as well uh, another lovely quote um, here. When we learn to become resilient, we learn how to embrace the beautifully broad spectrum of human experience. Going back to the wholeness, the good and the bad, adversity and everything else. Out of suffering has emerged the strongest souls and the most massive characters are seared with scars. There's another one which I um, have used a lot in my work. It's from the, uh, again, mystic uh, Tagore. Um, he says, when I stand before thee at the day's end, Thou shalt see my scars, and know that I had my wound, and also my healing. There's something eminently beautiful about scars. It's about us, our life, our living, how we've lived. My, um, I remember my uh, uh, son when he was young, and my late mother-in-law was dying. He was holding her hand. Now, he was young and she was very, very old at the end of her life. And he, he, he kept focusing on, the, on the, the veins, these beautiful veins, the veins of life, the legacy of life in the veins. And my little granddaughter, not long ago, she said, what are those on your hand? Because I've got quite strong veins. I said, those are veins. And she said, but I don't have them. I said, you do have them, but you can't see them when you're young. So there's something so beautiful about human life, so beautiful about it, and about our humanity. So if there's one thing I want to make a point of, if you like, today, is that our humanity is our... That the route to spirituality is through our humanity. And it's maybe not what we've been taught, some of us, or how spirituality has come through to us, but that is how it is. It's through our humanity. I don't believe that... Um, I think that that is what Jesus was, was teaching us. Humanity, compassion, and not being judgmental, if you like, and about ourselves more than anything else. Uh, because we often are. So, um, it, it does, shall we uh, do the questions, or would you like a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, because then I can engage with you personally, and 
you can, I work well that way, then I can answer some questions. One more beautiful quote. I'm going to finish with one, but this is by the poet Rilke. In the letters to a young poet, because he was kind of like a mentor and a spiritual guide in his own way, even though he's a poet. So you must not be frightened if a sadness rises up in you larger than any you've ever seen. If a restiveness, like light and cloud shadows, passes over your hands and all that you do. You must think that something is happening with you, that life has not forgotten you, that it holds you in its hand. It will not let you fall.